0: fire up a cigar, and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General Cigar Dave.
1: I believe after this week we all need two hours of alpha male pleasure maneuvers. I know one thing. I am absolutely sick and tired of hearing the politicization of a call. Our president made it to the wife of a fallen soldier. I am tired of the nonstop, incessant attacks against our president. And yet, the lib media goes into a cave when it really has to deal with something important, such as our uranium supply being handed over to the Russians. I know you're tired of it, and I'm tired of it. So for the next two hours, we will enjoy Alpha Male Pleasure Maneuvers, Cigar Spirits Diversions. We'll celebrate Cigar Oktoberfest. And I've got a little rebuttal to that wackadoodle doodle Representative Frederica Wilson. long ash greetings and salutations, a long ash snappy salute, Semper Delictatio. Always pleasure. Long live the Alpha. Make America great again. The General, the Global General, Global Alpha, coming to you from Command Center Alpha, Humidor 1A, in the Cigar City of Tampa. As always, we invite you to follow along on social media. Go to CigarDave.com. Upper right, you'll see all the logos and the icons for the social media platforms. We're on all of them, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. Follow along 24-7, 365, because my commentary isn't just on alpha male pleasure maneuvers. It is on politics, it is on life, and it is many times on my beloved Buffalo Bills. Although sometimes they can drive you a little bit crazy. And uh, can't wait. Today, 3.30 p.m., we've got my Syracuse Orangemen against the Miami Hurricane, the U. So go Syracuse. Go Coach Dino Babers. Great victory. By the way, I got a call. Sergeant Steve, I I, I don't even think I mentioned this to you. I received a call Wednesday afternoon from Lee Corso, our good buddy, who does our college football preview and our college football Final Four review or or preview as well every season he loves cigars from ESPN I get a call and he said general your orange are for real and I said not so fast my friend Lee we've got a big game coming up and he said I'm telling you the way they they Clemson didn't lose Syracuse beat him he's got that program on the right track he said Miami does not look good they were lucky to win the last two games." against Georgia Tech and Florida State. He said Georgia Tech should have won that game, and they should have. I watched that game. Georgia Tech had that game. They blew it at the end. He said your Syracuse Orange could beat Miami down in South Florida. I said, well, let's hope. So great, unexpected, pleasant call from Lee Corso. Every time I say, hey, how about my Syracuse Orange, Ben, for the national championship? Not so fast, my friend. All right, before I get to an important item that deals – With a gold star family, I think it's important that we get to that momentarily. But I've got two items that I would like to get to first. Now, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about, I don't know how we got into it. We started talking about uh, some guy that had multiple women, and I said, hey, when in Rome, do as the Romans do, have an orgy, whatever it was. I got an email from someone saying, I cannot believe that you advocated an orgy. Your morality is is in the basement. And my answer was... You're just figuring that out now? I never profess to be a member of the moral majority. I never profess to be one of these preachers that say, I am holier than thou. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You have to live a life just like me. And then we find out that they're full of baloney. I have sinned. I, have, I apologize for screwing those five women. I have sinned. Please. Well, I got a kick out of this story. The headline, Guy Gets a Ph.D. in Threesomes. As soon as I see this story, of course it's going to pique my attention. Ryan Scotes, a researcher at Birmingham City University in the U.K., was inspired to study threesomes after having one with his girlfriend and another woman. Oh, this man is onto something. He got his Ph.D. in threesomes after discovering there are few academic studies about the steamy sexual dynamic. He tried to read up on the subject, found it had not been thoroughly researched. Well, that's because he didn't call me. I would have been happy to give him all the advice I know about threesomes, foursomes, and fivesomes. And by the way, if you do want to email me to say I can't believe, General, you're talking about threesomes, foursomes, and fivesomes with hot women in the harem, Cigar Dave at CigarDave.com. Please send your emails. I find them most entertaining. He tried to read up on the subject, found it had not been thoroughly researched, especially threesomes between two men and one woman. Yeah, uh, I prefer the threesome with me or foursome where I've got like three, two to three, four other women and myself. I prefer that much better. I'm selfish. Uh, I want to have the the female majority on the male, meaning this alpha. So he pitched it to the university as the focus of his Ph.D., spent months surveying college-age people about their sexual liaisons. He found that in most cases that uh, there was little physical interaction between men during threesomes. Now, wait a minute. He needed to do a Ph.D. to discover that? You don't need a three, or you don't need a, a a Ph.D. to know that if there's going to be two guys and a woman, yeah, especially if the two guys are heterosexual, yeah, they're not going to be all over each other. However, if you've got one man and there's two, three, four, five, six, eight women, in that case, the man's going to be all over the women. That's just how it works. And again, you don't really need a P- How he was able to finagle to get a Ph.D. in threesomes, I got to give the guy credit. He also looked at uh, non-monogamy sexuality, but this guy now. Has a PhD in threesomes. That is a beautiful thing. What is not a beautiful thing is what Playboy is featuring in their November two thousand, a uh, November December two thousand seventeen issue, which is out now. First issue to hit the newsstand since the death of the magazine's founder, Hugh Hefner. Oh, that's how we got into that's how we got into talking about orgies and 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 threesomes because we're talking about Hugh Hefner's passing. And I mentioned that he spoke about all the orgies and all the threesomes and foursomes with all the women. And I mentioned, hey, what the hell's wrong with it? Everybody wanted to be Hugh Hefner. Every man wants that. And I don't care if you are the most moral person or you are a straight arrow. Deep down, every man's fantasy. This is fact. Every man's fantasy is to have a threesome. the man with at least two women. I don't care They could be saying, oh, no, I've never thought about that. I have no interest. I don't care how much they deny it. They are lying. If you are a heterosexual male, if you have a milligram of testosterone running through your vessels, deep down, you know it. Those of you that are listening to me right now, you know it. You know it. You know it to be fact. You deep down all want to have a threesome. And I feel sorry for those of you that have not because you have missed out on one of life's great pleasures, like a cigar, like great steaks, like great libations. You have missed out on a wonderful pleasure. Again, keep those emails coming, CigarDave at CigarDave.com, because it provides me with great show material when I hear from all you supposed moralists. Now, Playboy, first issue after Hugh Hefner's passing, November-December 2017, November, 2017 issue, out now, featuring... The first ever transgender playmate. A first in the magazine's 64-year history. I am outraged. This is unacceptable. The 26-year-old model, Inez Rao, has been in the magazine before, but this time as the first official transgender playboy playmate, appearing in a full pictorial and uh, in the iconic centerfold. She's from Paris, a fashion model. She appeared in Playboy's May 2014 issue in a special A to Z edition which championed a more progressive understanding of gender as non-binary. Now, I am one of those old-fashioned men that want to see a real woman in Playboy or Penthouse or any other magazine or any any other nudity type of situation. I do not want to see a dame... That used to be a guy. Because the only thing I'm going to think about when I'm looking that, you know, as I'm looking through her body staple, you know, you've got the centerfold and there's staples in there, I'm not going to be looking at the staples. The only thing I'm going to be thinking is, this woman or this transgender, this thing, this it, used to have a schmeckle. There is no way on earth that I'm going to look and say, look at her beauty. Look at her natural beauty. There's no way. The only thing I'm going to look is say, She used to have a schmeckle and a set of nads. And you all know the same thing. If you look at this woman, and by the way, have you ever been out to a bar or restaurant and you see somebody that looks like a woman, but they just have male features and they're like, you know, six feet tall? You know, you say to yourself, (laughs) used to be a guy. No ifs, ands, or buts. And I'm sorry, there's just no way on earth I have any interest in seeing a nude transgender because i just cannot erase from my mind from from my thought process processes knowing that that transgender i guess you call her a woman a thing in it whatever used to have male organs i'm just not going to get over that i'm just not going to be able to it's just it's just odd sorry that's just how it is Rouse said she didn't identify as transgender for a long time, confessing that she was afraid of never finding a partner or being perceived perceived as weird. Well, hello-y, is weird. Sorry, you used to have male organs. Now you've got female parts. It is weird. Sorry, and as a heterosexual alpha male, there is no way on earth in 10 million years... I would ever have interest in dating or adding a transgender woman to my harem. Sorry, because the only thing I can think of is she's a guy. And all of you know it. No ifs, ands, or buts. Now, is that the politically correct thing to say? No. Is it the truth? Yes. Are we politically correct on this show? Hell to the no. And when I read a Playboy or a Penthouse or whatever it is, I want to see a hot woman I don't want to see a woman that formerly was a man that had surgery to change their certain body parts no thank you in the next issue of play by the way I didn't realize this that Playboy which used to come out monthly I mean when you were in your teenage years did you not look forward to getting the latest issue of Playboy every month and I used to love it like the the January the the you, you, it would be beginning of February, and like it would be the May, May issue. They were always like three months ahead. Go figure. Anyway, a special 100-page tribute edition of Playboy is coming out dedicated to Hugh Hefner, who really was a visionary, was revolutionary. It's going to be the next issue. But it only comes out every other month now. It only comes out six times a year, so it's by monthly. That is, of course, not to be confused with bisexual, but it is just a bi-monthly publication. So in any event, will I be picking up the November... Well, I haven't picked up any Playboy for, I don't know, at least 25 years. But will I be picking up the November-December issue featuring a transgender woman? Absolutely not.
0: The October selection for the Cigar Dave Officers Club is a Rocky Patel sampler, including Tabaquero by Hamlet Paredes. This cigar features a robust San Andreas wrapper with filler from Nicaragua and binders from Brazil and Mexico. This cigar is the closest a smoker can get to a fusion of Cuban craftsmanship and Nicaraguan ingenuity. Not a member of the Officers Club? Get premium cigars shipped directly to you each month by signing up Today at cigardave.com.
1: Some big news in the world of uh, cigars. One of the well known executives who has been in the cigar industry for 22 years, announced that she was leaving. And I'm talking about Janelle Rosenfeld, the longtime vice president of marketing at Altadas USA and its predecessor, Consolidated Cigars. She announced last week that she would be leaving Altadas after 22 years at Altadas. She started in the uh, spring of 1996, 22 years ago, saying that she had a great run, it was just time to move on. She was ready for Janelle version 2.0. I spoke with her in length because she has been not only a longtime colleague, but a longtime friend who I have enjoyed working with for the last 22 years. We've probably done, in terms of live broadcast together, I would say we've done at least 30, 35 over the 20-plus years that I've been working with Altatus, maybe more. We've had great times in Atlanta, Charlotte, Detroit, Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico. She has been just a dear friend and wonderful to work with. And I remember when I met her for the very first time, I was visiting Dick Demiola, the executive VP of Altadas USA or Consolidate at the time. She had just started, and uh, that's just when I had started the show, about uh, eight months before. So both of us have been in the uh, world of cigars for around the same time. Her son is going to be going either to Caltech or or to Stanford, and she originally came from California, so she, she may be moving back uh, to California with her husband, Arthur. I wish them nothing but the best. Again, she has been just a... Uh Wonderful to deal with, longtime friend, I think the cigar industry, and Altada specifically is going to miss her. But as she told me, 22 years, she's had a great run, and she was just ready to pursue some other passion. So she had a great time in the cigar industry. She said she'll always, her heart will always be in the world of cigars. So Janelle, we wish you the best.
0: For alpha male safety and sanity, the general has turned on the no nagging sign. Naggy dames
1: may now exit the man cave. Malcolm Applegate, 62 years of age, from Birmingham, England, did not have a no nag sign in his home because he had a naggy wife. He has just opened up about his... New life and his old one in a blog entry, but this is very interesting. He had a naggy wife, so he ran away from home and lived in the woods for 10 years because his wife would not stop nagging him. At first I thought this was a joke until I saw this on uh, foxnews.com. So Mr. Applegate wrote he was a gardener for 25 years, enjoyed his job until he got married. The more hours he worked... The angrier his wife became, she did. She said uh, he said she didn't like me being out of the house for long periods of time. She had controlling behavior. It started to get out of hand. She demanded I cut my hours. After he tried to work it out with his wife, Applegate left without saying anything to anyone for a decade. He lived in the woods near Kent, uh, Kingston for five years. He tended a garden at a community center for the elderly. He decided to apply to live at uh, an establishment called Emma's Greenwich, Greenwich, which is a homeless charity that gives people a home for as long as someone needs it and meaningful work in their social enterprise. So he essentially decided to just escape, said he was happy in his new home, recently got in touch with his sister who thought he was dead. However, he has not spoken or, uh, or made contact with his wife or former wife. Ten years. Now, what compels, what compels a man who basically, living a life, has a good job to just leave and live in the woods for ten years? Clearly a naggy dame. So the moral of the story is, if you have a naggy... This is why you must have a prenuptial agreement. If you have a naggy wife or a naggy girlfriend especially a naggy wife, if if, if you're just fed up with it, you just look and say, you know what? This is a no-nag zone. Sweetheart, I'm making a change in your department, and you are the change. Bye-bye. See ya. Adios. And you basically uh, file for divorce. You've got your prenuptial agreement. What's yours is yours. What's hers is yours. Life goes on. This is why you must have a prenuptial agreement. So clearly, this uh, gentleman... Had enough of a wife, so much. Boy, this wife must have been a real beaut for the guy to want to go live in the woods for 10 years. True story. Cannot make it up. All right, on the cigar front, Michael Jordan was uh, interviewed, asked how often he smokes cigars. His answer, he smokes six cigars a day. Now, that is a lot. Clearly, Michael Jordan has too much time on his hands. But six cigars, look, we always say everything in moderation, I don't know where he gets the time for six cigars. I love cigars, but I don't smoke. Uh, people ask me the biggest question I get, how many cigars a day do you smoke, General? And my answer is sometimes none. usually smoke a couple a week. It's not about quantity. It's about quality. If I don't have the time to enjoy a cigar, I will not enjoy that cigar. I will not like that cigar. And he was also asked about if he ever wanted to coach an NBA team. I found his answer to be very interesting. Quote, I have no patience for coaching. My biggest problem from a competitive standpoint is the focus of today's athlete. For me to ask an individual to focus on the game the way I played would in some ways be unfair. And if he didn't do it, there's no telling where my emotions would be. Well, what he's really saying is you've got all these mamby-pamby millennial athletes, all me-first athletes that are little wussies that can't take criticism, cannot take constructive criticism, you cannot uh, uh, scold them, you cannot talk to them in honest, um, uh, an honest manner. You have to coddle them and pamper them, and Michael Jordan will have nothing of the sort. This is a little bit odd, I find. A half-smoked Winston Churchill cigar was just sold at auction. A, uh, uh, the, the cigar was smoked by Winston Churchill in May of 1947 at Le Bourget Airport in Paris. It was kept by a British airman who flew Churchill and his wife to and from Paris. Corporal William Allen Turner saved the Cuban cigar, which featured a red and gold La Corona label alongside the wartime leader's full name. Also featured a photo taken by the air quartermaster with an annotation written in pencil that read, a photograph I took from the doorway of York MW101 at Le Bourget Airport, Paris, on 11 May 1947, just before we flew back to Northolt." Well, the cigar was sold a week ago to a collector in Palm Beach, Florida. Buyer's name was not released. It was sold for $12,000. I love cigars. The last thing I would spend a nickel or a cent on is somebody's half-smoked cigar. I don't care who it was. It could be Moses, it could be Jesus, it could be George Washington. I don't care who it was. I'm not going to spend a dime, a nickel, a penny, for a cigar that looks half chomped that is half smoked. No thank you.
0: Download the Cigar Dave mobile app for Android, Kindle, and iOS so you can listen to The General anytime, anywhere. The Cigar Dave mobile app is presented by Diamond Crown. Search Cigar Dave in the App Store today. an unlimited and secure supply of pleasure sticks available for the general to enjoy. It's time for National
1: Cigar Litation Maneuvers. Well, we are celebrating Cigar Oktoberfest the entire month of October. Still a couple of weeks left, and in the next hour, we will be joined by John Lynn, the brand director of Funky Buddha Brewery down in Fort Lauderdale. Some of their beer, not all their beers are great. But they've got some very unique flavors, unique expressions. So we'll be joined by John talking about their uh, beer. In fact, they were bought by Constellation Brands, a huge, huge corporation, owned tons of uh, vineyards and wineries, as well as uh, spirits and beers. One of the big, actually, I think they own uh, Modesto and uh, Corona beer, if I'm not mistaken, from Mexico. So very big player, bought a very unique craft brewer. Funky Buddha Brewery. But for today, I need a cigar that is going to go with the beer that I'm going to enjoy in the first hour of the show today. So I have pulled out the perfect pairing for my Hefeweizen, a Diamond Crown from J.C. Newman Cigars. I've been smoking this Diamond Crown brand since they launched 21 or 22 years ago now in celebration of J.C. Newman's 100th anniversary. This was a collaboration between Stanford Newman and And Carlos Fuente Sr., both uh, no longer with us, but both giants in the world of cigars. And Stanford wanted a cigar that would be a super premium brand using the Diamond Crown name, a brand that they had registered and used many years before. He wanted every cigar to be a Robusto-sized ring gauge, so at least a 54-56 ring gauge. He was ahead of his time 22 years ago. So they came up with the Diamond Crown. Got about six, seven sizes, all with 54 ring gauges, except the Figurato number six, which has a 64 ring gauge, so it's an inch in diameter at the end, and it tapers down to a 46 ring gauge. But I have pulled out the Robusto number five, which is a four and a half inch length by 54 ring gauge Robusto, uses a triple fermented Connecticut shade wrapper. Dominican filler and binder made down at Tabacalera Fuente. Retail price is around $12, $13 for this Diamond Crown Robusto number no. 5. It is a magnificent, great special occasion cigar. Having a baby, you're getting divorced, you're getting married, you are graduating. A job promotion, Diamond Crown cannot go wrong with. And the reason is because not only is it a fabulous cigar, it's a mild to medium taste profile, whether you're an experienced cigar connoisseur, you're a novice, a neophyte, guaranteed you will love the Diamond Crown. So Diamond Crown number five, Robusto number five, my selection today.
0: Cigar altering and highly sharpened, leaf-exposing device.
1: Self-sharpening double-edged stainless steel guillotine in my hot little hand.
0: Maximum BTU flame-throwing and heat-producing apparatus. I have got the
1: Cigar Dave prototype Supersonic. Name so because when you look at the jet flame coming off the single jet flame, it looks like the engine on a supersonic jet. Big tank from the research and development labs at Cigar Dave, our special classified location where guys in white lab coats with pocket protectors always coming up with newfangled ideas, and that's exactly what I would use today.
0: Cigar Cigar pre lightation checklist complete. No faults detected. Area clear of all enemies of pleasure. Approval to go throttle up in three, two, one.
1: Perfect cut. More than perfect. Love how this Diamond Crown Robusto number five feels in my hand. I will gently toast the foot of this cigar, taking my time. Never a rush. Never a rush. In fact, this is the first cigar I've had. uh, Let's see, today being Saturday. When was the last time I had a cigar? I got a cigar uh, Tuesday or Wednesday. And again, it's not about quantity, it's about quality. My grandfather's Cigar Abe, used to smoke six gold labels a day. You could smoke anywhere back in those days. Today, we're busy, we don't have time, we're traveling. If I can't enjoy a cigar, I'm not going to light a cigar. We're not cigarette smokers that need to get a nicotine fix or a nicotine high. That's not why we smoke cigars. We smoke for the taste, the pleasure, the aroma, the relaxation. Let me help them rotate. Oh, yeah. Mmm. Outstanding. Great draw. Mmm. A little sweetness with that Connecticut triple fermented wrapper. Mm. Very nice. Mm. Low on the foot of this cigar. Even amber glow. Mm. This diamond crown will go wonderful with the brewski that I have selected for libation ceremonies today. Scotch, bourbon,
0: and beer. Commence thirst-quenching libationary maneuvers.
1: I have selected a beer since we are celebrating Cigar and Oktoberfest. I wanted to bring out a Deutsch beer, and I have pulled out from Hafbrau Munchen, the Haffbrau Hefeweizen. What is a Hefeweizen? It is a wheat beer. Weizen in German is wheat. And when you look at Hefeweizen, Hefe is the German word for yeast, so it is a yeast-wheat beer. The beer is bottled condition, unfiltered, may have a little bit of sediment. And Haffbrau Munchen, Very well-known brewery out in Deutschland in Germany, founded in 1859 by William V, Duke of Bavaria, who helped shape the brew and the beer industry. Ja? Jawohl, very good, Yeah, I'll never forget one time, talking about Germany, I had a uh, professor at uh, Syracuse University my freshman year. I took Astronomy 101 and 102. And the professor was Professor Gunther Wessel, yeah? I always had a little suspicion about Professor Wessel. I think he's probably long gone. He's actually a very good professor, very entertaining. One time I came in because we had a report due and I felt he did not grade it correctly. And so he always had an open-door policy saying you can discuss it. So I made an appointment, I went in to see him, and he looked at me, and he looked at my name and he said, German, yeah? I'm not German. And I said, Yeah! Sure enough, he was my best buddy, and I went and spent about 30 minutes talking about it. Then he looked and said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I agree I probably was unfair with you. If you redo it and submit it, I will reevaluate it. And sure enough, he did change the grade. And uh, so I'll never forget. You're German, yeah? Yeah, Professor, yeah, I am. Well, I will be enjoying some half-pound München beer. Again, this... Hafba House goes back 400 years. I've got their Hefeweizen beer. They're very wheat, very relatively not overly powerful. You think of German beers; it really is not overly powerful. Not a lot of IBUs. Five percent, five point one percent alcohol by volume. So we will open this baby up, and away we go. This. Let me see if I can get this here. There we go. Let me pour this in the glass. This looks good. Wow. You can really get... The aroma is almost like if you're smelling a loaf of Wonder Bread white bread. Honest to God. That's exactly what it smells like. And you can see it's unfiltered. It definitely has a little bit of cloudiness to it, I will say. Cheers. Ooh, that was pretty light. Yeah, that just, There we go. Mm. Wow. Very pleasant. I would say on the IBU scale, international bitterness units, this is probably about a 15. Not very bitter at all. This is actually smooth. Many people think the Deutsche beers, the German beers, are very strong and very powerful. You know, you see those German waitresses. They're very busty and bodacious waitresses. Ja, Olga, and Helga, they look very big and powerful. But the beer is not like that. This is very pleasant. Take another sip. Mmm. My half-brown Munchen Hefeweisen, perfect accompaniment to my diamond crown. All right, when we come back, I cannot let the events of the week go unchallenged, specifically when we are talking about the dishonoring the American president, no matter who it is, by a wackadoodle congresswoman, Frederica Wilson, who, by the way, Looks like Michael Jackson. In fact, I, I, after I looked at her, I said, wait a minute, maybe Michael Jackson isn't dead. Michael Jackson with a uh, with a rhinestone cowboy hat. So I will get into that because a family, a Gold Star family, yesterday released the phone conversation that they had with President Trump upon his condolence call. As we continue second hour, we will be enjoying beer From Funky Buddha Brewery, I've got three magnificent brews. We'll talk about all their beers with John Lynn, brand director, as we celebrate Cigar Oktoberfest. Next week, we've got a giant, giant beer tasting. We're probably going to try to hit 25 to 30 different beers. We will be uh, originating the Cigar Dave show from Dunedin Brewery, their brand new brewery and tasting room with uh, Mike Bryant and a few other guests as we wrap up Hard to Believe Cigar Oktoberfest. September with Bourbon Heritage Festival came and went quickly. Oktoberfest during the month of October is about to leave us in another week. Where has the time Flown, But we will enjoy every single moment of a Cigar Oktoberfest as we continue front and center.
0: The General is always on Twitter, delivering breaking news, giving you the latest intel on cigars, and battling the enemies of pleasure. Chat with The General now at Cigar Dave Show.
3: Surgeon General warning, tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. The October
1: 2017 Officers Club selection features two cigars from Rocky Patel, both under the auspices of his master blender, Hamlet Paredes. The first, you will receive two Hamlet 25th year to honor and celebrate Hamlet's 25 years of rolling and blending achievements, Beginning in his native Cuba, you'll also receive the Tabacero by Hamlet Paredes, which was launched a few years ago. The Hamlet 25th year, an outstanding cigar, medium bodied, ultra smooth, very tasty. It was introduced at this year's Cigar Retailers Convention. It absolutely blew me away. A, an incredible cedary Ecuadorian wrapper, a hearty Pennsylvania broadleaf binder, Honduran and Nicaraguan fillers. It's a magnificent cigar. So for those of you that are members of the Officers Club, they'll be coming your way in the next week to 10 days. If you are not a member of the Officers Club, go to CigarDave.com, $22.95 per month. Gets you the latest and greatest in the world of cigars.
0: has determined that enemies of pleasure are hazardous to your happiness. For your protection and sanity, they've been vaporized.
1: Next hour, we'll be joined by John Lynn, brand director of Funky Buddha Brewery. I've got three of their fantastic beers in front of me. Their Funky Buddha Floridian Hefeweizen, similar to the beer that I'm enjoying in this hour. The Funky Buddha Pineapple Beach, a blonde ale with some notes of Pineapple and their Funky Buddha Sweet Potato Casserole Strong Ale. I admit I have sampled that sweet potato casserole. It is off the charts. We'll be talking about their story, very unique story. Just recently sold to Constellation Brands, one of the, I think they're the third largest spirit wine and uh, beer company in the country or in the world. Actually, they own Corona. They own Modelo. They also bought Ballast Point uh, Brewery out in California, paid a billion dollars for that brewery, and they just recently bought Funky Buddha last spring. So we'll talk with John as we celebrate Cigar Oktoberfest. I cannot let this hour go without mentioning Representative Frederica Wilson. I thought Michael Jackson was dead. No, he's alive and well. It's Representative Frederica Wilson with a rhinestone hat. Now, I've spoken to some people, she used to be, I think, a representative or a state senator in Florida, up in Tallahassee, spoken to some people that were very familiar with her that said she is an absolute nutball. All about her, 10 screws loose, 10 sheets to the wind, no ifs, ands, or buts. And we saw that President Trump called the widow of Sergeant LaDavid Johnson, and I'm sure he also reached out to... The families of Staff Sergeant Brian Black, Staff Sergeant Jeremiah Johnson, Staff Sergeant Dustin Wright, all heroes, all serving this country, Green Berets that were killed in an attack in Niger several weeks ago. We're going to find out what happened. There's no ifs, ands, or buts we need to find out. to compare this in any way, shape, or form to what happened in Libya is just so absolutely absurd. It is, it is beyond pale. And for the Congresswoman to politicize this and to say that the man has no empathy, that he was laughing, I don't buy it for a second, not for one second. And what is very interesting is yesterday, Gold Star widow Natasha de Alencar, whose husband, was uh, Star- Staff Sergeant Mark Dallancar was killed in the line of duty, serving honorably and nobly for this nation in Afghanistan, who, by the way, happens to be black, African-American. She released the audio recording of President Trump calling her and speaking with her. And I want to share it in its entirety. It runs about four minutes, but I want to share it with you. I think it's that important to hear the tone of President Trump Because this is a woman who clearly wanted this released to show this is what the president, this is my experience with the president. And for anybody to think that President Trump would call a widow and and joke and laugh on the call is beyond absurdity. It is beyond. And this is nothing more than a political play. And we'll talk when we finish playing this audio. General John Kelly, who on Thursday made some very poignant remarks in the, uh, in the White House press room, went on to make a remark about Representative Frederica Wilson, who she's now turning into, of course, a racist attack. Nothing could be further than the truth. Here is the audio. President Trump speaking with Gold Star widow Natasha Alencar. as President Trump called with a condolence call on the loss of her husband in due- the line of duty, Army Staff Sergeant Mark D'Alencar.
3: Yes, sir.
4: Hero. And you know all of the people that served
5: with him are saying how incredible he was. Yes,
4: sir. And he's uh, just an amazing an amazing
5: guy and I yeah, Nicole, was just okay, that he's a great hero. Well, thank you, um President Trump. Those words are very kind. He was an amazing man, an amazing husband and an amazing soldier and uh, I-, I couldn't be more proud of my husband than I am right now, sir, to be honest with you. Um it's what my husband wanted to do. Everyone told, yeah. Everyone told me how great, I mean he's like, he was the leader, he was the, he was the boss, he was their friend, they all loved him. You know, Just like you do, I mean he's just a special guy. Go ahead Natasha. Yes, he's just an all-around guy and um, I, I'm glad that you got to get to know a little bit about him and get to hear a little bit about him, sir. Um, my husband is, uh, to me, he was already my hero, to be honest with you. We've been together 15 years, five children. Um, run down real quick, 2017 15, 12, and 4. My son is currently um, in college in Missouri playing football. So when I say all around a hero, yes. And for now, it's like the world gets to know he is an American hero. So thank you. I really, really appreciate it. I really do, sir. Thank you. That is so, that's so amazing. It's so amazing. And I'll tell you, when you're around, if you could, you know the people to deal with, but If you're around Washington, you come over and see me at the Oval Office, okay? Yes, sir. You just come over and see me because you are just the kind of family. This is what we want. And how how good a football player is your son at Missouri? That's a good... He's got to be pretty good. That's a good team, right? Yeah, yes, sir. He's cornerback. He's been playing since he was five, and he got a, a full academic um, scholarship when we were stationed in Hawaii, um, Schofield Barracks sir. So it's his life. That's what he always wants to do. He, he, You know, he's doing it, sir. He's making me proud, and he's making his father proud in heaven. So I have no complaints. I really don't. Oh. I'm a proud he woman. Got
3: academic, he
5: got an academic scholarship, not oh, a yeah, sports not a sports sport. It it was academic. He's had a 3.7 and above sir, since the grades could from kindergarten all the way up to 12th grade. Oh. Me and my husband, we never had to worry and never had to stress on him doing it. And just to add that he loved football on at first. Oh. There are no words sir to tell you how proud I am of my son. He's here, he's 20. Oh, God, yes. It, it, it's like I said are your other kids are your other kids all outstanding or not? yes. So good and so not quite as good. We got some soccer players right so you know they're always a couple in the in, in the group here and I have um right. I, we have soccer players, cheerleaders, surf singers. It's, it's a roundabout of talent and they all have their special ways and their own ways. You know, they're all truly amazing kids. So yeah. Uh, we are truly blessed. Yes we are. Well, you just take care of yourself. Yes, sir.
4: Come around and see me when you are in Washington. And say hello to your children and tell
0: them their father was a great hero that I respected. And, and just, I learned a lot. Before I made the call, I like to learn. And, and to make what kind of a guy he was. So just tell them, I said, your father was a great hero. And
1: take care of yourself, Natasha. You know that. It's going to be a big time. time key. Thank, you you so thank,
5: you thank you so I'm much. Thank you so much. I'm honored to talk to you. Thank you, sir. And to you the same. Okay? I really appreciate it, sir. And thank you. Thank you very much thank from myself sir. and family. Thank you. Thank you very much, Tom. You take care of yourself. You too,
1: sir. Bye. Bye. That was the audio of the telephone call. President Donald Trump speaking with Gold Star Widow Natasha D'Alencar. That was not released by the White House. That was released by Mrs. D'Alencar. Her husband was killed in Afghanistan, killed as an American hero. She wanted to show what her experience with President Trump was. I will guarantee you that there will be some member of the liberal media, there will be some wackadoodle nutcase from the Democrat uh, side of things or some other nutcase lib that will take issue with whatever President Trump said. There will be something in there they will nitpick on to death. It is unbelievable to me that anybody would think in a million years, whether you agree with his politics or not, that President Trump would be anything but respectful to the family of, of, uh, of someone who was, who was, whose family was was grieving over the loss of a loved one in the act of military service. Now John Kelly, General John Kelly, now the Chief of Staff, made a very some very interesting poignant remarks in the press room. But when... Representative Wilson went on and on. He basically said that her attack was an empty barrel attack. Now, empty barrel attack basically it comes from the expression empty barrels make the most noise. Nothing racist about that. Well, but wait. Frederica Wilson says that her the attack on her was racist and all the liberal media are saying the same thing. Do your research, Lib media. It goes back to Shakespeare who said the empty vessel makes the loudest sound, and that became the empty barrel makes the most noise. To say that that is racist is absurd. I'm fed up with all these Democrats and everybody else saying everything is racist. Frederica Wilson is a disgrace, is an absolute nutcase, and she looks like a damn clown, a Michael Jackson corpse of a clown with that stupid hat. Unreal. Our number two of the Cigar Dave Show is next. We'll celebrate Cigar Oktoberfest with John Lynn of Funky Buddha Brewery.
0: The Cigar Dave Show podcast is presented by Diamond Crown. Sit back, relax, pour a drink, and light up a Diamond Crown as you begin the show with the General Cigar Dave. This is CCRN, the Cigar Connoisseur Radio Network. from Humidor 1A in the Cigar City of Tampa, Florida, U-S-A. Welcome to The Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General Cigar Cigar Dave. Dave.
1: We celebrate Cigar Oktoberfest, and that means sampling fantastic and ample quantities of beer. And today is no exception. We've got two weeks left of Cigar Oktoberfest, and we will, for the next hour, sample... Three fantastic beers from a very unique craft brewer right in the Cigar and Sunshine state of Florida. Funky Buddha Brewery. Very unique story, relatively short story. Haven't been around very long since 2010. We'll be joined momentarily by John Lynn, the brand director of Funky Buddha Brewery. But wherever you may be, To enjoy Cigar Oktoberfest in the maximum possible way, grab your cigar if you have not done so already. Make sure it's properly lit. Grab some fine beer and enjoy tasting maneuvers as we celebrate Cigar Oktoberfest with great beer and a very unique group of beers in this hour. Welcome back, the General, the Global Alpha, Global General, front and center from Command Center Alpha, Humidor 1A in the Cigar City. And it's my pleasure to welcome joining us from Funky Buddha Brewery down in Fort Lauderdale, John Lynn, the brand director. John, great to have you with us as we celebrate Cigar Oktoberfest.
4: Thank you so much for having me.
1: John, interesting story. I first came across Funky Buddha Brewery, When John Russo, Jr. of Hamburg Brewing, we were talking about some Florida craft brews and craft breweries, and he mentioned Funky Buddha. And at the time, I had heard of Funky Buddha, but had not sampled the various beers, and he said, General, you got to try some. So I went out, and I was able to find the Funky Buddha Sweet Potato Casserole Strong Ale and was absolutely blown away. So let's talk about, first of all, Funky Buddha Brewery, the history, the background, only been around since 2010.
4: That's right. We started as a brew pub in Boca Raton in 2010, September to be exact. And we had actually sold craft beers in a smaller spot before that and got popular for it. But our owner uh, and founder, Ryan Sense, uh, had been a home brewer since college. So Ryan decided he was going to get into a bigger spot, start brewing his own beers. And he had a really unique Uh, sort of way of doing that, and and that's using natural ingredients and sort of recreating flavors and memories uh, through beer. So that was the the take, and it started all in September 2010. All
1: right, and give us a background. So he's a home brewer, and where does the name Funky Buddha come from? How did he come up with that name?
4: Funky Buddha, well, Ryan is a big fan of Buddhist iconography and has always really enjoyed that. He's got Uh, stuff up in his house, uh, you know, paintings and and whatnot and art. And so uh, it really it really fit for him. Uh, And when he had first started the place, uh, it was actually called the R&R Tea Bar and the Funky Buddha Lounge. And they were selling loose leaf teas and doing hookahs and uh, live comedy and stuff. And thought that was kind of a long winded name. So cut the R&R Tea Bar uh, part off of it and started calling it Funky Buddha Lounge. And the name stuck until we opened the brewery in oakland park in 2013 and then we just called it funky buddha brewery
1: now where was the original rrt bar and funky buddha lounge was that in boca or was that in fort lauderdale
4: also in boca so literally the spot moved about four doors down in a strip mall into a larger spot so when he got into the big space uh in around like september 2010 Uh, He was going up from about 800 square feet to 3,000 square feet, which was a monumental leap for him at the time. And uh, but basically making about 30 gallons of beer, kind of like a big kitchen pot uh, in the back of the brewery.
1: So he starts out 2010 in Boca Raton with a small lounge. He said, what, about 3,000 square feet? And he's making 30 gallons of beer at a time. That's it.
4: That's it. That's it. So. From that point, he got really sort of well known overnight for making these culinary style beers that really evoke flavor memory. And one of the first beers that he came up with was called Maple Bacon Coffee Porter, and that debuted in early 2011. Uh, so that's that's just like what it sounds. It's got you know maple syrup, coffee, the smoky, salty bite of bacon, and this beer was like breakfast in a glass. So people latched onto that immediately and started talking about it all around the Uh, world really uh, on the internet
1: and that won the world beer cup gold award in 2016 now my only complaint john is that i can't find it here in the cigar city of tampa i went everywhere nowhere to be found how come
4: maple bacon coffee porter is a special beer for us so we release it every january it starts with a big festival here in our hometown around the brewery in oakland park uh, where we invite 3,000 people out and do a big beer fest, invite breweries from all across the country to join us and release bottles of that beer. Uh, and then uh, just last year, we started releasing that beer into distribution for the first time in 22-ounce bottles. So uh, it comes out in January. Uh, you'll find it for a short time, and then it's gone.
1: All right. So basically, it's a one once-a-year release starting in January. Now, is it obviously it's limited quantity, so is it the kind of beer that basically people snatch up in a matter of a couple of days, or is this available pretty decently for distribution? Do you make enough of it so that at least people can get a hold of it?
4: We made a pretty decent amount this past year. Um, We did about... Uh, We did about 2,500 cases of maple bacon coffee porter and released that throughout the state of Florida. So that was quite a bit, but you may still find it in what we call a honey hole here or there where they may have a bottle lying on a shelf. Um, I I could probably figure out a couple of spots in Tampa that may have it. But uh, in all essence, it's going to be gone from most major retailers probably within a month or so.
1: John Lynn, brand director of Funky Buddha Brewery down in Fort Lauderdale, is our guest as we celebrate Cigar Oktoberfest. John, 30 gallons at one time is all that Ryan Sents initially started with. That's it, 30 gallons. What was his first beer at the time?
4: First beer at the time was actually a version of our flagship beer now, which is Floridian Hefeweizen. This is a big portion of our sales and one of the beers that people know us for. It's a German-style wheat beer, unfiltered, Uh, It has aromas of banana, citrus, and clove that come through the fermentation process. So it's real refreshing and light, but has a lot of flavor, too. And that was one of the first beers that Ryan actually debuted at the lounge as well, although it was a little bit different back then.
1: Well, John, it's very interesting that you mention that, because I have in my hot little hand a bottle of Funky Buddha Floridian Hefeweizen. And in the first hour of the show, I actually enjoyed a German Hefeweizen, and many people think that a hefeweizen, the wheat beer, is or German beers are going to be very full, very strong. That's not the case. So tell me about this Floridian hefeweizen as I open it up and get ready to sample it.
4: Absolutely, a hefeweizen is—it uh, basically means uh, yeast and wheat. Hefe is yeast, and weizen is wheat. So that's exactly what you get. You get a yeasty wheat beer, and the yeast comes from in the form of being unfiltered. So you get a little bit of that haze. And the yeast does help provide flavor. So we we here at the brewery, we make a lot of beers with ingredients like maple syrup, coffee, vanilla, fruit, you name it. But we get all the flavor of this beer through fermentation. And that's the yeast that's actually eating sugars, converting it into alcohol, carbon dioxide, and those wonderful aromas of clove, banana, and a light citrus note that you'll get when you first uh, take a whiff of Floridian.
1: Yeah, and you know, you also get that wheat. And as I said earlier in the first hour, when I sampled the uh, the the German Hefeweizen, is that you it, it's almost like smelling a loaf of Wonder Bread. You get that, that, that unique uh, wheat type of aroma. And the same thing here with some of those additional other aromas that you mentioned. Let me say cheers as I take a taste of this funky Buddha Floridian here. By the way, it's a beautiful golden, uh, just a nice golden yellow. A little bit of cloudiness because you say it's pretty much unfiltered. So I'll take a taste. Oh, this is beautiful, smooth, very very smooth. No bite whatsoever.
4: Very balanced beer. Mm. Uh, goal is to keep that that balance between those aromas and flavors and like you mentioned the wheat malt, which is also kind of a star. It makes it kind of a little bit tart, a little lighter. Uh, it's a it's a lighter drinking malt than barley, which is, you know, what what most beers are primarily made of. And this contains barley too, but just about half.
1: So the Floridian, would you say is your flagship beer?
4: That is our flagship beer. It's really what we've become known for. As you go across the state, you can find Floridian on draft and, uh, and and in six packs at retailers all over the place.
1: It's very interesting. We see the explosion of IPAs, the India Pale Ales, and many of the craft breweries known for their IPAs. I know you have some IPAs as well, but it's very interesting that you took a different path. Your Hefeweizen, your wheat beer, number one selling beer, and that's really what you're known for. That's what puts you on the map.
4: Absolutely. I think it's a it's a it's a great conversion beer for people who are used to drinking maybe light lagers or maybe a little bit different beers uh, that, that are more macro in that sense. So people come on board to craft and, you know, they've got something that's still light, still refreshing, very approachable, but has a little bit more flavor. It's a little bit more complex and, uh, you know, can 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 really be used in some some interesting ways. So I think it's worked for us. And, uh, you know, obviously the name and the branding helps, too. You know, we, we try to yeah, and to I'll tell you it. what
1: the, the bottle on this, you know, and, and every one of your bottles, the top, the neck of the bottle has the funky Buddha uh, logo with a band around it. Almost looks like a cigar band. And then below it, every uh, label's a little bit different, but it's a Buddha, a picture of a uh, looks like a a uh, the Buddha actually in a hammock between two palm trees. And I've got to say, that's very Floridian. The whole bottle just has that nice Floridian uh, tropical look to it.
4: Yeah, that's definitely what we aim for. I mean, we try to have uh, the beers sort of have a story and they sort of capture these emotions and these feelings, whether it's Floridian or Maple Bacon Coffee Porter or Hop Gun or IPA. So in our branding and the way we present ourselves, we also want to convey that too. We want to convey this you know, sense of discovery through the beer.
1: Now, when Ryan, since the founder of Funky Buddha Brewery, started back in 2010 making 30-gallon batches of the Floridian, uh, what was the initial response? What was, because again, you're craft brewery, you're in Boca Raton. Uh, what was the initial response? Was it gangbusters right out of the gate? Give us a little bit of an idea of the progression, the growth progression.
4: Well, I can tell you a little bit of a perspective uh, that I had, which I was actually a writer at the time and uh, actually came in to cover uh, the unveiling of the new Funky Buddha lounge and brewery in Boca Raton in in, in September of 2010. And so I was pretty blown away. I was a big craft beer fan. And uh, there were really not very many breweries in South Florida at the time. There were a few brew pubs that were doing mostly traditional beers, you know, a brown ale, uh, you know, a, a pale ale, IPAs were still even hard to come by, a blonde ale, things like that. So to walk in and have he had an orange creamsicle wheat, he had rum barrel aged beers, a huge barley wine aged in bourbon barrels and all these natural ingredients. So it was pretty eye opening right off the bat to be getting this uh, sort of flavor influx. And I think that's exactly what a lot of people found as Brewery became really well known on Beer Advocate, Rate right? Beer, these websites that were people gathered to talk about beers and uh, and what's going on in the beer community. And uh, so those beers really, um, especially Maple Bacon, uh, we came up with another beer called No Crusts. It's a peanut butter and jelly brown ale. These beers really catapulted the brewery into sort of a, a national spotlight almost. And that's what necessitated the conversation to build a big brewery here in Oakland Park.
1: And how how, how long after you, uh, Ryan started in 2010 with the uh, small brewery in Boca Raton until he opened up the big brewery in Oakland Park, Fort Lauderdale?
4: So Ryan and his brother Casey, the founders of of the brewery here in Oakland Park, set out to open it sometime in early 2012. They really began looking uh, and found the location here in Oakland Park. We're actually located in an old Sears distribution warehouse and had been vacant for 12 years. Uh, The city of Oakland Park was trying to do something new and different and exciting, trying to revitalize the area, which had, you know, really been very industrial and, and sort of had a, a little bit of a, of a, of a lapse in, in activity uh, in that time. So really wanted to sort of develop something cool, and they called it their culinary arts district. And so Brian and Casey came in contact with them. We wanted to be central here uh, in, in South Florida, where sort of a sprawl you know, between Miami, Broward, and Palm Beach sure. counties. And uh, being right in the center of Broward, right next to Fort, the heart of Fort Lauderdale, uh, really made a lot of sense. So for a number of reasons, the spot really worked out. We were able to open by June 2013. I joined on with them in late 2012, and uh, we just sort of built it from there.
1: John, who who were you writing for at the time when you first discovered Funky Buddha Brewing?
4: That was the uh, Broward Palm Beach New Times.
1: Okay, so you were kind of like the craft beer writer, the, beer, the spirits writer?
4: Well, we didn't have beer writers back then, so I was a food writer who happened to love beer.
1: <laughs> gotcha. You know, it's interesting because you see uh, – Cigar City Brewing, Joe, uh, Joe, Joey Redner here in Tampa. Same thing, he was a uh, home brewery. He used to write some articles for one of the uh, publications here, and that's that was his pathway to, to craft brewing. Why was South Florida so late to the craft brewing party?
4: I think Florida in general was late to the party because of a lot of rules that the state had that prohibited certain bottle sizes from coming in until the early 2000s, and so you didn't have the enthusiasts that you had across the country and if you don't have enthusiasts then you you probably don't have home brewers people who are trying to actively you know recreate the cool stuff that they've come up with Uh, so until that community really started to develop uh, i think there just wasn't these people who like you said had that passion and that drive to sort of uh, make their own creations and and, and bring them out to the public so now that that's happened and that's really taken off i think that's why we saw an explosion of breweries in the past like three years uh, because these 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 home brewers and these people who are super passionate about what they are doing are now finally, you know, getting to that point where they're they're opening their own breweries.
1: Well, Funky Buddha Brewery was the first, so we'll continue our conversation with John Lynn, the brand director of Funky Buddha Brewery, down in Fort Lauderdale. They also have a uh, nice brew pub in Boca Raton. I think the original location is still there. So we'll continue our conversation as we celebrate cigar Oktoberfest front and center on the Cigar Dave Show. The
0: Cigar Dave Officers Club selection this month is a Rocky Patel sampler, including the new Hamlet 25th year. This medium-bodied cigar features a cedary Ecuadorian Habano wrapper, a Pennsylvania broadleaf binder, and Nicaraguan and Honduran fillers. Hamlet 25th year honors Hamlet Paredes' quarter century of work in the cigar industry. Want these cigars shipped directly to you each month? Log on to CigarDave.com to join the Officers Club.
1: Our both iPhone and Android devices is finally out. If you go right now, either to the iTunes Store or the Google Play Store, search for Cigar Dave and download our brand-new app. It allows you to listen to the show live on your mobile device. You can listen to all of our podcasts. The last 10 podcasts are always available, Cigar Dave Daily Briefings. Additionally, it gives you direct access to any place, anywhere. Go right now to the iTunes Store or Google Play Store and download the brand-new Cigar Dave mobile app. We celebrate Cigar Oktoberfest, and our featured guest and brewery this entire hour is Funky Buddha Brewery. We've got John Lynn, the brand director. Funky Buddha started out in Boca Raton in 2010 with uh, the founder, head brewmaster at the time, Ryan Sense, making 30 gallons of his Funky Buddha Floridian. Today they have grown... And uh, 2017, they have a national awareness, national presence. John, let me ask you: We were uh, just talked about the delay in in craft brewing getting to South Florida. Now we're seeing an explosion of it. But you were. Funky Buddha really at the forefront down in uh, Oakland Park uh, near Fort Lauderdale, so much so that you were recently acquired by Constellation Brands, which is based uh, not far from my hometown of Buffalo, New York, in a Rochester suburb called Victor, and people don't realize how big they are. They own Corona, they own Modela, uh, they bought Ballast Point out in California, and they bought Funky Buddha this past year. That's got to be an interesting, uh, you know, kind of an interesting situation where you're all entrepreneurs used to doing your own thing. Has anything changed or has Constellation just allowed you to get more capital to do more of the things you'd like to do?
4: Yeah, that's a great question. I think so far, I mean, we've seen a tremendous amount of resources, uh, the passion and the enthusiasm that these folks at Constellation have for bringing quality, high-end brands to uh, market. Is incredible. I mean, we're just we're surrounded by really smart, really intelligent people who are helping us now to do all the things that we've been doing for the past four years, but do them even better. And so if any changes have, have, have arisen, it's that we're going to be able to get our product out to more people, get into new markets, uh, have better access to market and, you know, ultimately better resources to make sure that we're successful at it.
1: Have you increased the amount of production with Constellation coming in? Have they uh, talked about plans for expansion of the brewery, or can you uh, handle all the expansion right in your current Oakland Park brewery?
4: Yeah, we are going to be expanding the brewery here uh, at Oakland Park. We're going to be uh, adding a lot of equipment, whether it's uh, automation on the front end to help the brewers make more beer and make it better, uh, or on the back end to help us uh, in the way we package our beer um, but yeah, the tremendous amount of sort of intelligence and resources we have is just going to help us make even better products and, uh, do that a little bit better. So yeah, we will produce a lot of that here in Oakland Park.
1: So Ryan, since the founder and Casey, uh, his brother, they will still stay on continuing overseeing the funky Buddha brewery operation.
4: Absolutely. Yeah. Ryan, Casey, myself, we're all still here, uh, day to day, you know, driving the bus, so to speak, and making sure that we continue to innovate and make cool beers.
1: Now you can concentrate on making uh, the beer, creating new beer products, and uh, leave all the financial headaches to the uh, corporate office up in Rochester. We'll continue with John Lynn, Brand Director, Funky Buddha Brewing, around the corner.
0: You need to add some alpha to your Facebook news feed. By following The General, you'll get the latest intel in the world of cigars, info on the show each week, and see what The General is smoking. Click like at Facebook.com slash Cigar Dave.
1: The October 2017 Officers Club selection features two cigars from Rocky Patel, both under the auspices of his master blender, Hamlet Paredes. The first, you will receive two Hamlet 25th year to honor and celebrate Hamlet's 25 years of rolling and blending achievements, beginning in his native Cuba. You'll also receive the Tabacero by Hamlet Paredes, which was launched a few years ago. The Hamlet 25th year, an outstanding cigar. Medium-bodied, ultra-smooth, very tasty it was introduced at this year's Cigar Retailers Convention. It absolutely blew me away. A, an incredible cedary Ecuadorian wrapper, a hearty Pennsylvania broadleaf binder, Honduran and Nicaraguan fillers. It's a magnificent cigar. So for those of you that are members of the Officers Club, they'll be coming your way in the next week to 10 days. If you are not a member of the Officers Club, go to CigarDave.com, $22.95 per month. Gets you the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. Cigar Oktoberfest as we enjoy great beers and talking with great brewers from across the country. Two weeks left. We are going to make the most of it. John Lynn, brand director of Funky Buddha Brewery down in South Florida, Oakland Park, Florida, and just nearby Fort Lauderdale. They also have a brew pub in Boca Raton, the original location in Boca Raton. And John rejoins us. John, let's talk about after Floridian, the Funky Buddha Floridian. Let's go through the Funky Buddha portfolio. What was next? What did uh, Ryan and Casey Stent sense? what was the next beer that they launched?
4: When we opened up in 2013 here at the brewery, we came out with two flagship beers, and the first was Floridian, the other one was Hopgun IPA, our India Pale Ale, which is a little bit different than a lot of other India Pale Ales in that it's kind of a balanced, what we call East Coast style IPA. So it's got a little more malt character, some honey malt we add in there, and then not too bitter on the finish. So those two beers really composed a lot of the portfolio for a number of years, but in the past couple of years, we've really unveiled a lot of new beers, Uh, out into market in uh, six-pack, four-pack bottles and 22-ounce bottles. And um, probably the most recent addition was Pineapple Beach, a blonde ale with uh, a hint of pineapple added.
1: Well, luckily, John, I happen to have a bottle of Funky Buddha Brewery Pineapple Beach in front of me. So that is a perfect seg. Before we get to that, though, I want to talk about the, the IPA. You have two IPAs. You have the Hop Gun IPA and the Hop Stimulator Double IPA. And the Double IPAs, or the 2X IPAs, have been very, very popular. But as a reference point, one thing I like about your website, you list the IBUs, the International Bitterness Units. So if somebody is looking for a certain style of beer, uh, flavor-wise, strength-wise, to pair with a cigar, to pair with a meal, you just look at the IBUs. And the Floridian has 12 IBUs. Obviously, the, the larger the IBU, the International Bitterness Units, the stronger it's going to be the Florida Hefeweizen has 12 when we look at the IPA the HopGun IPA that comes in at 60 so that's going to be a much more fuller flavored and bolder taste on the palate
4: absolutely the bitterness units the IBUs uh, really relate to how bitter the beer is going to be um... it doesn't always tell the full story in terms of how bitter it will taste overall to the consumer because some of that uh, is offset by the sugar in the malt, the sugar that's left inside of the beer after fermentation. So, um, you know, it does tell a good picture of what to expect with the beer. You might have an imperial stout, for example, with a, um, with a, you know, IBUs of 50 or 60 that tastes less bitter than an IPA that has 60 IBUs too. So it, there's a lot of factors at play, but it does tell a good part of it.
1: Well, I've just opened up the Pineapple Beach Blonde Ale with Pineapple. Now this has 20 IBUs, alcohol by volume is 5%, and as I smell this, the thing that comes to mind, I remember growing up, I grew up in Buffalo, and in the summer, going to summer camp, the the aroma of the fresh grass, the dew on the grass, just had this unique uh, kind of unique summertime aromas. And as I sniff this, that's what I'm reminded of. It's a very bright, very clean, very crisp aroma on the nose.
4: And yeah, we start with a Blond Ale, which is basically similar in composition to, say, a Pilsner or uh, a Helles style lager. So a lot of Pilsner malt. Um, you know, we use a touch of wheat in this beer to add a little bit of lightness, a little bit of head retention to it. Uh, but really, it's all about that sort of, like, golden uh, pilsner malt that we put in there and then we touch it up with citra hops which is an American hop known for that kind of citrusy kind of uh, almost tropical vibe uh, so that adds a little bit of dryness to the finish as well as a little bit of those floral kinda of, you know, citrusy tropical notes on the nose Then we finish it up with some fresh pineapple juice got real pineapple juice to this beer and just enough of it where you get that aroma you get that flavor but it's not overwhelming. It's still a sessionable, you know, sort of blonde ale first.
1: All right, let me say cheers. Very nice. Take a sip here. Oh, that is refreshing. And you know what? The the pineapple is very subtle. It's not like you're drinking pineapple juice. There's nothing worse than a spirit or a beer where you're not getting the spirit or the beer taste. You're just getting all the, the additive. Not the case at all. This is very bright, very crisp. Very clean, no bitterness, no bite whatsoever, just a subtle hint of pineapple on the way down. This is fantastic. Is this another one of your big sellers?
4: It is. It, we debuted it in February this year. It's a year round beer, and it's quickly grown to be a pretty significant part of the portfolio. People are, I think, feel like you that it's a nice, refreshing, uh, summery beer, great for the state of Florida where it's basically summer all year. But we've got a little bit of that kind of intriguing pineapple note to to add some cool character to it.
1: Now, I was able to find the Funky Buddha Floridian, the Pineapple Beach, and also the Sweet Potato Casserole in single bottles. I didn't have to buy a four-pack or a six-pack, which to me denotes the popularity of these beers. Uh, And also I think it's great because people can say, hey, you know that Sweet Potato Casserole, that Pineapple Beach looks interesting. Let me grab a bottle, see what it's like. And uh, I think that's a very effective tool for people to be able to sample a beer, discover it, and then that leads to certainly higher sales in the four-pack or six-packs.
4: Yeah, those single-serve sections in Total Wine and Publix and ABC, all the, the, the great retailers out there, they've really helped people kind of come up with sampling opportunities to try these beers out and find out what they like.
1: So the Florida Hefeweizen... The Funky Buddha Hop Gun, the Hop Stimulator Double IPA, the Pineapple Beach, those are all part of your uh, year-round collection that are available in bottles. I know you have some other year-rounders that are available on tap, but those are, would you say, the big four in your portfolio?
4: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Now we move over to the seasonal, and you've got four very interesting seasonals. I want to save the sweet potato casserole for the very end of the show, but let's talk about three other seasonals that you have, starting with the More Moro Blood Orange IPA.
4: Absolutely. Our seasonals uh, come out for three months uh, of the year, and More Moro debuts in spring as our spring beer. That's a IPA with fresh, fresh blood orange added, uh, you get a uh, great sort of balanced malt body with a little bit of bitterness, and then a lot of that blood orange uh, just comes right in and gives you that huge citrus impression in those. Uh, that's 7% uh, ABV, and uh, yeah, real popular seasonal for us.
1: And bl- blood orange is obviously native to Florida, so you, you're able to get that fresh produce, that fresh uh, citrus, which again is unique to Florida.
4: Yeah, you know, it's funny, when we started, we, uh, I mean, man, we used to go sit in the back room and all of us would cut citrus up, we'd peel, citrus uh, peels off of the off of the fruit, and uh, now we've gotten to the size where we have to have uh, a little bit of help with that, so we usually go to processing facilities that can take all the fruit and uh, sort of get it into a very usable form for us, still using 100% natural ingredients, but getting it processed uh, in advance, so it's easier for our brewers, and they don't have to, you know, uh, peel ginger or or, or or key limes or something like that for for 16 hours a day.
1: So back in the early days, you guys actually were cutting all the produce and cutting the, you know, the fresh uh, the fresh fruit to add, and I think that's also part of the great story that, you know, those are stories that I think you 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 don't see at the at the giant you know corporate breweries. You see those kind of unique experimentation. You see everybody kind of all hands on deck at the craft brewers.
4: Yeah, we we had a kitchen. It's funny, we had a kitchen in our back office, and so uh, anytime we would be prepping ingredients for one of our beers, it, you would kind of smell the recirculation of whatever that ingredient was through the ventilation system. So if we're t- if we're doing a hundred pounds of ginger, you can be sure that place smelled like ginger, and uh, we we actually had one beer. Uh, it's called Fire in the Hole. It's a raspberry habanero uh, red ale. And uh, we we would make that and prep that back in the kitchen. And and people's eyes would start stinging when those habaneros go into the blender. We'd have to get out of the offices at some point <laughs> uh, because that would be in the air. So uh, pretty cool, um, you know, the way that we sort of brought that up uh, and, and, and started out to where we've gotten now.
1: Well, it's interesting that you meant, uh, mentioned fire in the hole because that's a term that I use for a very full flavored beer or spirit, and we've used that a number of times during uh, during the month of Cigar Oktoberfest, where we'll have a beer that's very got a ton of IBUs, big alcohol content, and my my tasting note is fire in the hole because it's got so much kick to it. And one beer that does not have the fire in the hole kick to it is the next in your seasonal line, the Funky Buddha blueberry cobbler ale, wheat ale with blueberry cinnamon vanilla. I am drooling. I wish I could have found that beer in a single bottle up here in the cigar city of Tampa.
4: Yeah. Blueberry Cobbler is a great beer we've been doing since uh, the lounge days uh, where we basically take a nice light wheat, American wheat ale. uh, So very similar in sort of uh, grain uh, bill and grain setup to Floridian, but uh, we ferment that with an American ale yeast to make it nice and clean and then add uh, fresh cinnamon, uh, fresh blueberries and fresh vanilla. And it gives that impression of a of a blueberry pie, of, uh, of a blueberry pie kind of cooling on the on the windowsill. So, uh, very cool beer, very interesting beer.
1: Any chance that that would be the kind of beer that could be released on a year-round basis, like your sweet potato casserole, or is the sweet potato casserole also a seasonal?
4: Sweet potato is also a seasonal, oh, and uh, so yeah, we've had so much call for a lot of these beers. Uh, you know, people people really get. Uh, excited by them so we've had people say hey put put more and more out year round put put last snow out year round put blueberry cobbler out year round and you know there's only so much we can focus on for that so that's why we try to really pack our schedule full of all these limited offerings that come in and out throughout the year and in fact actually next year we'll be changing our seasonals over all completely so all four of these beers in our seasonal program now are changing to four new beers next year
1: Really? So the sweet potato casserole, which we're going to be our grand finale, that's going to be gone. That's that's an incredible tasting beer.
4: Thank you. Yeah, it's going to take a hiatus. So I won't say gone. All these beers will definitely come back in different ways, and different forms, uh, whether that be in certain other releases and 22 ounce bottles, what have you. So we're not going to retire these beers, but we're going to give them a little break from the seasonal program and try to get some some new stuff out to people.
1: I better go out and buy a uh, number of six packs of the sweet potato casserole before they're gone.
4: <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, uh,
1: otherwise, I'm going to be somebody's going to be uh, scalping them on the uh, on the secondary market. Now, another yeah. one which comes out actually in December, just uh, just about a, six weeks away, is the Funky Buddha Nib Smuggler Chocolate Milk Porter, a milk porter with cacao nibs and vanilla. Uh, I don't think you want to drink it. It sounds like you want to eat it. <laughs>
4: it's, it's delicious. <laughs> this one has an awesome story, too. So the name Nib Smuggler, kind of a weird name. Uh, we gave that uh, a sort of um, Miami sort of cocaine cowboys look on the label. So you've got like a, a cow uh, that's like smuggling nibs in, into Miami on a cigarette boat. Uh, so, you know, we wanted to kind of be playful with it, but the, the, the name nib Smuggler actually has a little bit of that sort of smuggling history to it. So, uh, Ryan, uh, he's married, uh, to a wonderful Brazilian woman, Gianni Rocha and, uh, she, uh, her family from Brazil would come visit. So Ryan was looking for good cocoa nibs that he could use, uh, to make some beer and asked her brother, Hey, I really like these Brazilian cocoa nibs. I can't get any right now. Can you smuggle some in, in your bag, bring me 20 pounds. And he said, sure. And uh, sure enough, he got stopped uh, at immigration and they confiscated the 20 pounds of cocoa. Really? He couldn't get into the country. <laughs> they asked him what it was for. He said, oh, personal use. And they looked at him like, yeah, right. No one's going to use 20 pounds of cocoa. So they took him. Uh, so that was where nib Smuggler came from and where the name was born. And, uh, you know, it's kind of been a fun, cool joke and story since that day.
1: So that has an alcohol by volume of 6.3%, a little bit higher, IBU's 35. And talking about the movie Cocaine Cowboys, that was a great documentary, by the way. If people have not seen that. It's fascinating because I remember it was a, you know, back in the 80s in the high school and college going down to South Florida, and there were some wild – Crazy times down in South Florida, and uh, you got to see that movie. You mentioned that that documentary. I had to bring that up. So very, very cool. The only difference is, there's hard to believe that that they'd be stopped and the the cocoa beans would be confiscated by Customs and Immigration. Go figure. Never would have thought that in a million years.
4: I guess when you got twenty pounds of it, it sort of raises a red flag.
1: Just the guy should have said, "I'm a chocoholic." What can I tell you? All right. When well, okay. we come back, we'll talk about some a little uh, some of the uh, Funky Buddha's uh, very unique small batch beers. We'll hit on some of those. We'll wrap it up with a tasting of the Funky Buddha Sweet Potato Casserole Strong Ale, and then we'll talk a little bit about their uh, their their tasting room and their. Their lounge in Boca Raton where you can go visit and sample, I'm sure, many unique funky Buddha brews. We will continue or f- at actually wrap up our final and concluding segment of this edition of the Cigar Dave Show, celebrating Cigar Oktoberfest around the corner
0: any of the general show you can catch up anytime with the cigar dave mobile app presented by diamond crown listen to the most recent show simply by opening the app with our continuous replay or you can download a podcast of a past show search cigar dave in the app store to get it
1: Just like being in Munchen in Bavaria for Oktoberfest, but we do it via the audio channels. Uh, And wherever you may be, hope you are enjoying Cigar Oktoberfest. Have a great cigar, have a great beer, or do as I do. Just pick multiple beers. I went into one of the retailers here in the Cigar City of Tampa that sells a very large quantity of different beers by the bottle, and I just started going in and selecting them. You don't have to know anything about the beers. That's how I discovered Funky Buddha uh, kind of initially, but a very, very great way to sample different beers, get four, five, six friends, get some cigars, each put in 20 bucks, buy a whole bunch of different beers and conduct your own tasting. John Lynn, brand director of Funky Buddha Brewery down in Oakland Park, where their uh, large brewery tasting room is as well as Boca Raton. John, let's talk about the tasting rooms. It's like being uh, you know, Cigar Oktoberfest year-round at your tasting rooms. Do you have one at your large brewery in Oakland Park?
4: Yeah, the tasting room, the tap room as we call it here in Oakland Park, uh, is an awesome facility. It's 5,000 square feet. We have a ton of people that come in and celebrate with us daily. Uh, 25 beers on tap, including all of our year-rounds, all of our seasonals and limiteds, and then a lot of brewery-exclusive stuff, too, that you can uh, try here or pick up in Crowler to take home. Uh, We also do our own kitchen, which we call Craft Food Counter and Kitchen, and uh, that has fantastic food. Uh, Our head chef does some amazing work, and everything is made with the beer or paired with the beer. We're really focused on pairings here at Funky Butter Brewery, so that's some fun stuff. And then we've got games. We've got tours. We even got a banquet program, so we have had people get married here. We've had corporate events functions. I mean, I think we're going on our maybe 20th wedding or something here coming up next month, so uh, it's a real fun time.
1: And you'll do divorce parties as well. Yeah, absolutely.
4: I think we've had one. I think we've had one, yeah. <laughs> <I> <laughs> or, remember, or to celebrate yeah, the yeah.
1: signing of the prenuptial agreement. Any 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 party, you can have it at Funky Boot. In fact, we'll put a, a link to the website. And also your your Boca Raton uh, tasting room on North Federal Highway, know right where it is. So uh, that is open as well uh, throughout the course of the week.
4: It is open, and they also have a homebrew shop over there. So if you're a homebrewer looking to get into brewing beers or get some new ingredients or whatever you might need to pick up, you can head over there and get your stuff.
1: Cool. Let's talk about the Little Buddha Small Batch from Funky Buddha Brewing. Uh, we talked about the Maple Bacon Coffee Porter. We'll talk about that. And then give me maybe one or two other ones that uh, that are pretty popular in that line.
4: Yeah, Little Buddha Small Batch series uh, is something that we started uh, in 2016 uh, to showcase more limited and unique beers in a 22-hour Uh So we've got a really fun lineup. We do one a month. And it's anchored by Last Snow, our coffee and coconut porter, which gets a lot of acclaim. Uh, and that comes out twice.
1: All right. So that's a porter. And I see you also have called one called uh, French Toast Double Brown. When I come and see you, John, I've got to try that.
4: <laughs> yeah. French Toast is awesome. It's just like it sounds. It tastes like a stack of French Toast with maple syrup. Uh, and that beer is actually moving into our goodness series, which is going to be our seasonal series for next year. Uh, so that beer, as well as Sticky Treats, which is a Rice crispy Treat Blondale, those two beers are going into that series along with Key Lime Pie Tart, which is going to be a tart Berliner style beer with vanilla and key lime juice. And then the Spring Beer is uh, going to be a spiritual successor to Morimora, which is an IPA with passion fruit, lime, and mint. So those beers uh-huh. are going to be in the new series next year.
1: Okay, I want the Rice crispy beer. That I'm definitely going to try. Let's uh, finish it off today with the Funky Buddha Sweet Potato Casserole, a strong ale with sweet potatoes, vanilla, and spices. Now, when I first tried this, I didn't think it was that strong. It was very pleasant, but it's got a higher alcohol by volume, pushing 8%. IBU's International Bitterness Units of 30. Tell me about this beer as I say cheers.
4: Yeah, sweet potato casserole, super unique beer, Uh, strong ale, meaning that it's uh, 8% alcohol. It's uh, more on the malty side, but we use brown sugar in there to help give it a little bit of lift and body and Mm. uh, lactose as well. And then we finish that up with uh, fresh sweet potatoes, cinnamon and vanilla. So you get that real fresh baked quality right out of the oven.
1: Oh, my goodness. This is off the charts. The aroma
4: is incredible. The taste is
1: fantastic. Mm. outstanding. John, that is the perfect way to wrap up our hour with you, talking about Funky Buddha Brewery. And we'll have links to their uh, to their website. And, John, I'm going to come and visit you. I want the tour, and I want to try that Rice Krispie beer. And I'm going to get down soon. And I appreciate you joining us today on the Cigar Dave Show as we celebrate
4: Cigar Oktoberfest. Thank you for having me. We can't wait to have you at the brewery, Dave.
1: Sounds like a winner. John Lynn, brand director of Funky Buddha Brewery. Off the charts, the sweet potato casserole. You'll see the picture. We'll have all the links for you. Cigar Dave, the general saying, Mayor Humidor always be full. Mayor Cutter always be sharp. Mayor Ash be extra, extra long. Semper delictatio. Always pleasure. Long live the Alpha. Make America great again. Enjoy Cigar Oktoberfest. And I say cheers.